You're listening to the Radioactive Summer Break. I'm Laura Jones. The Journalism Competition and Preservation Act of 2021 is the subject of the latest editorial from the editorial board at the Salt Lake Tribune, now a nonprofit. We've got George Pyle from the Tribune joining us, editorial page editor. Hey, George, thanks for giving us some time. Sure, you bet. So, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm thinking back to when the Internet first started to really kind of penetrate the journalist mind that, oh, this is something that could cause us some troubles. And uh, aggregators popped up, and they would take content that uh, journalists and news outlets would create and then send it to their email list. And there was this fight back then, what, 20, 30 years ago? Take us to where we are today and why this act is so necessary. Well, newspapers have pretty much lost their business model that sustained them and made them actually pretty profitable for more than 100 years. Most of the money came from from advertising, from uh, from everything from big full page ads for tires and and wedding dresses to the little classifieds to uh, help wanted and uh, free to a free kittens to a good home and all those things. And if you sometimes somebody will be cleaning out their mother's house and they will bring us a newspaper from 1956 and it's just pages and pages and pages and pages of classified ads and full page ads. And that's where newspapers made their money. The, the, the money you paid to subscribe to have it delivered was really a relatively small portion. It basically would pay the kid on the bicycle to bring it to you. The money came from advertising. Um, the, the internet took all that away. Um, it, uh, Craigslist, KSL, um, all kinds of, and now the advertising on Facebook and, and Google and through those. Um, it's more targeted. Uh, you get more of an idea of whether anybody actually looked at it. You get more of an idea of whether it was really effective because you can measure how many people click on it and how many people use it to buy things. So the advertising from car dealers, newspaper, uh, Movie theaters, you know, the listings for when the movies are on, that used to be a big deal. It's all gone. Uh, and classifiers are just completely gone. Uh, nothing anymore. Well, you mentioned KSL, so, George, and KSL is part of the journalism ecosystem in Utah. Sounds like they figured it out, but they got deep pockets. So why yeah, have the well, majority of newspapers across the country not been able to to get around this? Is it a matter of scale or is it a radical transformation like buggy whip makers well there's some yeah there's some buggy whip making going on the um i mean at first newspapers bought into the original ethos of the internet was that information wants to be free free in the sense of not censored and free in the sense of you don't have to pay for it uh we were hoping that we could do what google and other people had done which is Instead of having print ads, having online ads, banner ads, all those things that you click on to go look at something. And and they're kind of spooky sometimes because, like, if you happen to search for, say, I don't know, tires uh, on Google, not even on the Tribune website. And then the next time you go to the Tribune website or the New York Times website or the Miami Herald website, it shows you ads for tires because it knows you were looking for tires. Um for a while there, that was going to save us. We were going to have ads. We were going to have, we were going to be digital. We were going to be native digital, and we were going to have digital ads. Problem with digital ads is there's a counter, and if people don't click on it, the people who buy the ads know that nobody's clicking on it. Print ads, it was kind of on faith. 
plus just the business would have a feel for whether print advertising worked, whether, whether it brought customers into their store, uh, especially among there's a coupon or something, then you would have this physical representation of, yes, people saw the ad, came to my business, bought something. Um, with digital ads, we were hoping to sell advertisers on, we, not only can you run an ad where people see it, we can prove that people saw it. We can prove that people clicked on it and you can have an ad. And if, and if you can actually buy something by clicking on that ad, then you know how many people clicked on that ad. Well, that didn't work because uh, there's not a lot of clicking on those ads on any place. So we're, we're doing better. We're learning more how it works. Uh, we're learning how to target. So that's getting better. Uh, when we jumped into it 25 years ago, we didn't know what we were yeah. Uh, and I mean, a lot of people didn't know what they were doing. And still, there's an awful lot of stuff that's on the Internet that's free because people want to be want to have they have something to say. They want to be heard. They want the war largest possible audience. And they're not really that interested in making money. Uh, newspapers need to make money to keep to keep doing this. I mean, reporters don't do this for free. Sports writers don't do this for free. Uh, there's always the, you know, the saying among people who have done this for a long time that, we love it so much, we would do it for free. Oh, that's been used against um, journalists forever to not pay them well, yeah, by the way. Well, <laughs> right. I mean, they, they say that about teachers. They say that about police officers. You know, you, you do it for the love. You don't do it for the money. But you need some money. So joint operating only- agreements were meant to salvage local news. And that ended, what, just uh, at the end of last year with Deseret News going its own way, the Trib going its own way, both of you cutting back to just uh, weekend editions but still more is needed. So tell us about this act, the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act of 2021. What could it do that can't be done right now? Well, what it would do is specifically allow newspapers, uh, you know, a few dozen newspapers or hundreds of newspapers to go together to approach Facebook and Twitter and Google and say, look, you guys are linking to our stuff. You're providing the reporting that that we worked on sometimes uh, for, for weeks and months, sometimes at some physical danger to the reporters involved, and then you're linking to it and we get nothing. We, sh- we should be paid for the, for the product we make, for the work we do. Um, and it depends on what kind of newspaper you are and how, you, how savvy you are at doing this. A, little bit, you know, this is a, a lot of this is above my pay grade, but basically they get to use our stuff and not pay us for it. And... Nobody individually can say, hey, cut that out. Quit, quit giving our stuff away for free. But if newspapers all went together and said, now, wait a minute, you can't take our stuff for free. You have to pay for it. You have to pay when, when somebody posts a link to the Salt Lake Tribune or the New York Times or the Miami Herald on Facebook and another fa- Facebook customer clicks on that link and looks at our newspaper, uh, there should be some money in that. There's no, no more is it that, your, yeah no more is it enough that eyeballs come your way. No, I mean we had that was the hope at the beginning. We'd get lots of eyeballs and they'd click on our ads and we'd get clicks and we'd get credit for the click. But I mean people who accuse us now of just going for clicks, we're not that stupid. Uh, clicks don't make us any money. Yeah. Uh, all by themselves. And we like to be able to show them to advertisers the way we used to show them print circulation figures. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we would charge for a print ad based on the size, the number of papers we sold every day. 
sort of with the assumption that everybody who looked at the paper looked at your ad. Well, yeah. everybody knew they didn't, but it gave you some idea of what your ad was worth. So a full-page ad in the New York Times cost a heck of a lot more than a full-page ad in the Wichita Eagle because there were just more eyeballs. Same we hoped would be true uh, for when, when we went online. We'd get eyeballs, we'd get clicks, but advertisers are too savvy for that. Now, they don't want to pay just for clicks on a, on a newspaper article because it doesn't benefit the advertiser. Yeah. Does now seem like the time to strike? What with uh, big tech breakups on the horizon in Congress? Uh, what kind of hopes do you have as a, an industry to get this, to get Congress's attention uh, and pass the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act of 2021? I think, yes, a lot of our hope is based on the fact that politicians maybe don't like newspapers, but they like Facebook and Google even less. <laughs> uh, they're, they're looking for ways to break up the big, the big companies or at least make them pay for the distortion in the, in the news and communications ecosystem that they've, that they've created. And there's no question that they've got the money. I mean, they're just rolling in it. Uh, and it wouldn't, they wouldn't even notice you know, if they actually started paying us for this, it, to them, it's just the principle of the thing. Again, you know, information wants to be free. And Facebook and Twitter are, are very proud of the fact that they don't charge. I mean, you don't have to pay to look at, to be a member of Facebook. You don't have to pay to follow anybody on Twitter. They're very proud of that. They'd like to keep it that way. Uh, but they sell enough advertising that, mm. and uh, have enough stock value that I don't think they'd even notice. Um, what's interesting is that um, members of Congress, Senate and House, fairly far left and pretty far right, are all behind this. Burgess Owens is the only member of, of the Congress from Utah who is listed as a sponsor, uh, co-sponsor. Uh, he's the only one from Utah. But Rand Paul in the Senate, who often allies with Mike Lee on various issues, he's a co he's an original co-sponsor, along with uh, Cory Booker. Uh, and Amy Klobuchar, who are more on the left of of Congress, and sounds bipartisan. On that, it's very bipartisan. Everybody's saying, "Oh, you, everything has to be bipartisan these days." I'm not sure why, but when it is bipartisan, you uh, you have some hope that it might actually pass. There are there are other bills uh, from my very remote standpoint uh, don't look as one as likely to pass, and two, I'm personally not so crazy about them. They give newspapers tax breaks. Uh, and those, I'm not too crazy about newspapers surviving on tax breaks, even though now we're a nonprofit. Well, what about surviving on grants? I mean, Facebook and Google are making grants, so they say, uh, against, they against they the are. billions we, that they they uh, accrue in profit. I don't know how, if, if it's even a drop in the bucket, but can the Tribune no. survive on grants? I mean, you are a nonprofit. Welcome to our world here at KRCL. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, we've been talking about newspapers. This newspaper particularly has been going, been talking about nonprofit status for years, and that's always the model is public radio, public television. Could we be like them? And now we're kind of like you. And uh, I hope I hope there's enough for everybody. I think there is. Uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter are making grants uh, directly to news organizations, indirectly to nonprofit startups and uh, things that were nonprofit from the beginning. Like including, yeah, including the Tribune. You guys have got some Tribune. of it. You got to go and, for it. But that, oh, sure. I mean, they make that available. It's It's not that much. It's not enough to, to completely run a news organization on. It's also 
kind of moody. I mean, they, they give us money and, and then we have, we can't count on them giving us money again next year. Because they want you to be will. self-sufficient. They want you to be rel- self-reliant. Well, and that, I'm, I'm just laughing about us, that game of sure. grants, right? Right. Well, and they want us to keep producing stuff mm-hmm. for their followers to click on and share. I mean, they, they use our stuff uh, to attract their audience. And that's one of the reasons why we feel like we should have a share in that is they make use of yeah. what we produce. If, if we all went away, there would still be Facebook, there would still be Twitter, but more and more of it would be uh, my birthday cake and less and less of it would be, oh, have you read this article in the Tribune? Have you read this article and then proposed? Uh, and for people to share. Now, of course, they also share from, from phony news sources like Fox News and places like that. And that's part of the problem with uh, the information ecosystem these days is that a lot of the stuff that gets shared is just flat false. Yeah. And it's hard to tell the difference. Dr. Dave calls it the infodemic. So do lots of other folks. And we'll be doing a show on that in a couple of weeks. But uh, George, let's talk about why this is different than buggy whip makers going away when Ford came around. This is different because of the effect it has on our democracy. Yes. I mean, democracy is dependent on news, on on information, on the free flow of information, on journalism, on providers of journalism who are not dependent on the government. I mean, we don't have to be licensed and we don't get paid by the government. Uh, We want to, ideally, we get paid by our readers and by our advertisers. That makes us independent. That business model has pretty much gone away, uh, at least as a way to completely pay for everything. Um, But I mean, buggy whips have gone away, horse-drawn carriages have gone away, but transportation is still here. So print newspapers have gone away, but journalism is still here, and hopefully always will be. There there should always be a demand for what's going on down the street, what's going on around the world, especially what is my government doing and who who is running for office, who wants to be my government. Uh, That's why we're in the Constitution is to keep an eye on the government, Uh, and we want to be independent from the government to do that. Um, so there will still be information and, you know, uh, there were newspapers, radio didn't kill newspapers, TV didn't kill radio, movies didn't kill TV, cable didn't kill uh, t- regular television, but they changed them. They, they all had to adapt and decide to be different things. There's still radio, but you don't have dramas and sitcoms on radio anymore. You have sports and information and music. Because radio does that well, TV took over programming. And Jack Benny and Burns Allen moved to TV. Uh, so journalism, information, news, investigative reporting is moving to the internet. Um, I don't know what they'll move to after that. We'll have little implants uh, <laughs> in our in in our ear canals or something. That's right. But uh, well, as Agent K said, we'll have to buy the White Album again. But uh, <laughs> that's it's all a plot to make us buy the White Album again. So, so George, yeah. the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act of 2021. What is it that listeners can do to support this and how important it is and how important is it that they support it? I think I think it's very important. It's not all by itself going to solve everything, but it would it w- would remove a, b- a major problem for journalism, which is our stuff gets used by other people for free and we don't get paid for it. Um, 
just contact your congressman, uh, contact your member of Congress, your senator, and let them know that you support it. They they do listen. I mean, they're that maybe they don't listen as much as we would like, but uh, especially something that's a little little bit obscure about this. This isn't you know immigration or gun control or the things that people members of Congress hear about all the time. If if they started hearing from their constituents about this. Um, I think there's some hope that they would take notice. And again, this is not a partisan or ideological thing. I mean, every left, right, Republicans, Democrats don't like big tech, big social media right now. And this would be a nice way to kind of stick it to them in a way that wouldn't bring them down, would just make them a little bit more honest about uh, what they're doing. Well, and you need this act in order to work as competitors together to, in essence, collectively bargain with big tech. Right. It, it's, that's exactly what it is, collective bargaining. I don't think it uses those words in the bill. But, yeah, I mean, right now we could go to Facebook and say, hey, stop giving our stuff away for free, and they just stop linking to us, and we'd get nothing out of that. But uh, if newspapers across the country, large and small, uh, liberal and conservative, uh, native web and legacy print were allowed to all get together. And it has a sunset. I think it's only four years that this would be available uh, for to get, to get together and negotiate deals. Now, the deals could last longer than four years, but there would only be a four-year window to, to make them. And that way, it wouldn't just lag on in perpetuity and, oh, we'll get to it someday. Um, it could be renewed, of course, but uh, that's the idea right now. And I'm, I'm not going to say that this alone will save everything or that if this doesn't pass, we are all doomed. But it's a good idea that's, that's based on something that's just fair, that the social media platforms could definitely afford, um, but that there's not much hope of newspapers accomplishing one by one. We need, we need to be able to allow to go together and not be hit for an antitrust violation by doing so. And one by one, newspapers have been falling. I believe in the editorial, you tell exactly how many and over what time. Can you give us those numbers? Well, yeah, I think it's more than 2,000 newspapers since, I forget. Um, I look back at... Uh, Go ahead, take a beat, pull that up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 2,000 newspapers since 2004. Most of them are community weeklies. There are not so many, you know, big metropolitan newspapers, although the... Uh, the Vindicator in Ohio uh, went completely out of business. The Davis Clipper uh, up in Davis County went out of business. Some other weeklies around here that have just ceased to exist. And they did so because they lost advertising. They lost, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a problem for a long time because um, it used to be that most businesses were locally run, locally owned, and the advertising decisions were made locally. So in the same sense that if you wanted to sponsor a little league team or get get uh, money to to uh, support your local theater group, uh, you would go to the owner of the hardware store and the owner of the bank and the owner of the funeral parlor, and they were there and they made the decisions. And for a long time, newspapers have been suffering from the fact those decisions aren't made locally anymore. Especially as hedge uh, funds most, came into the picture and started snapping up. Well, yeah. I mean, even even before that, I mean the hardware store wasn't locally owned anymore. The bank wasn't locally owned anymore. And they would have to ask their regional supervisor in Dallas or something. And so it just got lost. And, and you didn't support the little league team. You didn't support the community theater and you didn't buy ads in the newspaper. So that was kind of the beginning of the problem. Now 
uh, yeah, you have newspapers that are owned by hedge funds. They just want to squeeze as much money as they can out of it. Uh, I mean, thanks to Paul Huntsman, we escaped that fate. Uh, Denver Post and the uh, San Jose Mercury News are just mere shadows of their former selves because they're still owned by Alden Global Capital, which just bought the Chicago Tribune and is doing a huge staff buyout uh, to cut back on the staff because they don't really care about news. They don't care about local news or national news. They just care about squeezing this down and make as much money as they can and then maybe hoping that while it's on its last breath, that some local billionaire will come along and buy it for a lot less than it would cost if you tried to buy it today. But if it just completely goes out of business, they don't care. Yeah, the benevolent uh, they, billionaire they, strategy they do does not seem sustainable. But uh, George, well, if... it's, working, it's working for us. But uh, I mean, Utah is weird. Uh, <laughs> we have, I mean, Utah has a very strong philanthropic community. I mean, you go around and you see everything with the Huntsman and the Eccles and the Gardner name on it. There's a lot of that. Plus, it also seems to me that people want independent news here. They're more aware of it here, I think, maybe than they are in other places because they're so aware of the influence of the church. The LDS church, yes. The LDS church and even members of the LDS church are very aware that they need a news source that is independent of the church. So if, if Salt Lake City were a one newspaper town and it was the Tribune and there was a threat that it was going to go away, think people might be less worried than they are in this circumstance where they see that if the Tribune went away, we'd be left with the Deseret News, which is controlled by the LDS Church. I think that actually sort of heightens the feeling among individuals and, and, and big donors that the Tribune really needs to keep going. And we really need the support of individual members of individual subscribers. It's, it's easier. To, it's a tax-free donation now. Uh, as you're familiar with, for, for anybody, you don't have to be a, a millionaire to get a tax-free a tax break on a donation that, that you make. Yeah. So we're increasingly dependent on that. But uh, we're lucky here that we have the philanthropic community that we have. Not every town has that. Certainly a lot of smaller towns don't have that. Uh, and so hope, hopefully this, this, this act that we're talking about that can let people all, let newspapers act together to get a slice of this pie uh, from the big social media groups uh, can really help. Well, for all the criticism that journalism has come under uh, since its beginnings and clear through to today, without independent sources of news, you truly are left with fake news because it's not independent. It's not, I'm going to use the O word, objective when the reported on are doing the reporting. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's why, I mean, uh, newspapers get criticized for being liberal, and and I suppose a lot of them are because that's the kind of person journalism attracts. Uh, And that's the kind of audience that is interested in independent journalism. But, uh, yeah, you don't want your only source of news being the government, and you don't want your only source of news being the anti-government. You want independent, objective as, as objective as human beings can be, uh, people doing this work and providing this information to you, uh, not pro-Democrat or pro-Republican or pro-Trump or anti-Trump, but just just uh, doing journalism as it's been done for a very long time. 
So, George, thanks for giving us some time today to talk about the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act of 2021. We'll put a link in the show notes to the act as well as the editorial on sltrib.com. But we're doing songs this summer, and I thought maybe you and I could dedicate a song to all the journalists and lovers of independent journalism out there. When I say songs this summer, what song jumps to your mind, George? Oh, man. I didn't... Uh... That has to do with that has to do with journalism. It can be I, anything. Just what yeah. song do you put on when summer comes around? Maybe you're in the backyard. Maybe you're on a road trip. Maybe you're on a hike. Maybe you're at the pool. Usually, when I'm walking around, I listen to classical music. So I don't know if I'm any fun for you, but <laughs> some, some or some Beatles. Paperback writer. Paperback writer. It is right here on KRCL ninety point nine.